Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up here. Thank you for your time and your attention. Uh, it has been another wild and crazy week in FAMU athletics, but a lot calmer as far as certain things. We just had the Alumni Association meeting. I myself just paid and re-upped on my Alumni Association dues. So I am a duty-paying member that can talk-ish about what's going on at FAMU Besides the athletic program, because I contribute to the athletic program besides tickets uh, and my family does. But I myself am back in good standings with the FAMU National Alumni Association. They hit me over the head with that $100 last night, a.k.a. this morning. So I shall talk trash until June 30th of next year. Uh, So that being said, um, let's talk about some of the happenings about FAMU athletics and Especially, we're going to talk about football, golf, volleyball, track. And we're going to go inside the Rattlers, and we're going to talk about some of the players that you need to look out for that are from the quarterback and the running back room. I told y'all three, but I lied. It's four. It's okay. Just just deal with it. Don't sue me, though, because I ain't got no money. (laughs) Please don't sue a brother. I ain't got the bread yet. When I got the bread, even still, don't sue me. Um that being said, though, uh, FAMU has continued to be hot on the recruiting trail. A ton of offers have come up and we've been able to be the benefit of all this good press that FAMU has been getting. And I, for one, am very excited about it. I, I am super excited at the progress I've seen thus far. And I'm really anticipating the growth of this program. And hopefully we can continue to I don't want to say change the, sh- the narrative or shift the culture, because to me, it's not so much of changing the narrative. It's not so much of a change. It's a returning or coming back home. Uh, a lot of what we're telling these student athletes is be the shift, be the change. And it's not so much of a change. It's a coming back home. It, it, to me, a change suggests that they've never done this before. And black colleges have always had they from from their inception had the best and brightest athletes it's just we've had times where we wouldn't be able to and i'll say the last about 25 to 30 years we haven't been able to recruit the best players as freshmen out of high school because the hbcu experience was fruitful and beneficial it just wasn't as profitable at the end for a lot of our student athletes so we're going to start off though Alvin Henderson, he's a 5'11", 180-pound running back from Elba High School in Elba, Alabama. He's a 2025 recruit, and we're continuing to see where FAMU continues to recruit student-athletes that are freshmen 
as well as sophomores in college. And we're continuing to see that. I, for one, love it. I, I love the idea of getting in early and not having to wait until they are juniors or seniors in college to recruit them uh, or th- they had a bad experience and they did something or they didn't do something and they're just looking for a change. Like, no, nah, let's get on the ground floor of this. And we're seeing this happen, especially with family recruiting. And uh, it, it's 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 a good thing so far, personally. Next student athlete is Jamel Johnson, 6'1", 175, safety from Seguin High School in Seguin, Texas, 2023 recruit. And we're going to see this. I'm going to hit another one up before I make my point. So Jamel Johnson, 6'1", 175, Seguin, Texas. Next one is Franklin Johnson, Jr., 6'175", Elm High School, Elm, Texas. He's an athlete, 2023 the SWAC expanded to include Florida. Now the SWAC's athletes and student athletes in from that territory and from that region are starting to come to Florida. Students from Texas were already coming to Florida and playing at Florida A&M occasionally, but not like this. We, we didn't get the athletes the way we're getting them now. Like FAMU's had multiple commitments and signings from the state of Texas this past year, one of the, our top transfers is a safety who went to Texas A&M, went to junior college, now is at FAM. And as long as the SWAC continues to build that footprint, and I said build, I didn't say rest on your laurels. I said build. I, I anticipate some expansion within the Southwestern Athletic Conference and continues to be revolutionary in its thinking it's going to win and it's going to be beneficial to the to the brand and to the product what i'm saying is this famu and bethune cookman are in florida florida is notable noted for the amount of high quality athletes that come from the state i mean you can find any joker on the road and he's probably fast especially certain parts of the state now you're opening that up to Schools from other regions of the country that did not have prior access to Florida. Arkansas Pine Bluff had no access to Florida unless they purposely scheduled a Bethune-Cookman or a FAMU or came to play Miami or Florida State, Florida, one of those teams, and then get their eyes beat out. Now, all of a sudden, if you're Arkansas Pine Bluff, I'm going to the SWAT commissioner and I'm a proponent of this. Hey, man, we need to go on a pod system because we need to be in Florida two out of every four years. Why? Because if I recruit an athlete and he's from Florida, he can see his he can see his mama twice. In her home state. She can drive to Tallahassee. She can drive to Daytona. But twice out of his academic career, we need to be in Florida. And I would have that as a this is a hard stop for me. I and this go how does this go into recruiting? Because all of a sudden I can recruit guys from Florida because, well, you know, hey, every every twice out of your years at this school, we're going to be here in Florida. Your mama going to come see you. You don't have to come way up there. We're going to be here. And I would even go as far as lobbying if I'm one of those schools that say, hey, can I get FAMU and Cookman in my pod? Because that means every year I'm in Florida. That means your mama's going to see you every year. 
it's a recruiting tactic and it's an idea. Now, granted, it's going to be hard for you to get over Cookman and FAMU, but I think a school like Pine Bluff could do it. You got better facilities as far as stadium-wise than Cookman. I mean, your alumni base, it is what it is, but again, that's also growing your alumni base. It's that next-level thinking. Like, we got to have that idea. Like, put FAMU and Southern should play every year, every other year. Like, that, that needs to be a thing. Like, Two years on, two years off, I'm cool with that because then it builds a little heat in the rivalry. But, I mean, that should be almost an every-year game. Family Grambling, I ain't got to see them every year. I don't. It's not a rivalry. It's not. I'm sorry. I've never run into a person from Grambling and had a whole rivalry conversation. The only thing we have to talk about is what coach was better, Eddie Robinson or Jay Gaither. And honestly, that's not a conversation to be had. Robinson lasted longer. His, his win totals were higher. Like, that's, that's a dumb argument. I'm not going to have that argument with you and nobody else. Like, I'm not. Now, X's and O's, I can't argue with you on that because, honestly, I have no film to look at Jay Gaither. Very little. I, they're running the ball. They're running the wishbone. They're, they're running the option. That's all I got for you. Now, I don't see anybody throwing the ball. I'm just the, – the data is too old. I'm a data person. I like numbers. So, so what what are we doing here? Like you, we have to recruit and recruiting is the lifeblood of any problem, any program. I said problem, but it is the lifeblood of any problem because you ain't recruiting. You got a problem and fam, you continues to recruit. We're going into places that are unfamiliar, but we're also staying at home. San Antonio Isaacs, a six foot, 160 pound receiver from Tampa Bay Tech is a big example. Hey, this kid's from Florida, three and a half hours in Tallahassee. You're out of Tampa. Three and a half hours back, you back. Like, bam, you continues to grow that area. And we we continue to, to fight for Florida, to fight for Central Florida. And I'll give you, fam, you credit. Florida State ain't doing that. Florida State ain't doing that. They're not. We They're recruiting kids from Texas too, but they ain't, I don't see the same, I don't see the same commitment to local talent that I see at fam. fam. Fam, you is consistently pushing the needle to say we want the best and the brightest, but we especially want to put a fence around this state and let the best players in the state know the best place for you to be in the best state is the best school. And that is Florida Agriculture Mechanical University, without a shadow of a doubt. I I'm I'm just I'm I'm not here for it. Like I, I I'm I'm not here for the hey fam you ain't recruiting. No, no, no. Gone are them days, fam you didn't recruit me. No, they're recruiting you. If you got film, our football coaches are recruiting you. Another one that continues a swag footprint, Keith Newsom Jr., six foot one eighty three defensive end from McDonough, thirty five senior high in New Orleans. Again, we we just had a guy from New Orleans transfer out, uh, running back, I believe. Let let's have this conversation. FAMU and Southern play almost every year. FAMU and Grambling are gonna probably play every other year. Y'all can. Please take them off our schedule, and it's not because I don't want to play them, because it's not, but it's I don't want to play them like that. It's not a fear thing; it's a respect thing. Like rotate, rotate them with somebody else. Give me, give me a Prairie View, Texas Southern every couple years, and we good. Like I can see Grambling two out of every four years, and I'm I'm a happy fan. Like they don't bring the band no way, so it's cool. Like I'm not besmirching their name, but I'm just I'm not here for the you got to play everybody in your section thing. I'm over that. I'm with, let's get some polarity, some, some, 
Anyway, some parity. Sorry. Let's get some parity in the league. Because Jackson State got a stick. Like, they, they do. But we need to introduce some parity in the league because Jackson State keeps coming to Florida to recruit talent. Why? He's a Miami every year almost right now. I, I don't see the OVC going nowhere. As long as Dion's there, Orange Blossom Classic is there. That's a recruiting tactic. Dion is, hey, come to Miami. I'm not from Miami and people are from Florida. We, oh, yeah, going to Miami. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a talking tool. It's a recruiting stick. It's 50,000 plus in an NFL facility. And if you get some decent seats, you're, they're covered seats. If you sit in the boxes, when it starts raining, you come from out of the rain. And when it is raining, you're probably covered. Last year we sat in the boxes, our seats were covered. Like we, we need that. And Dion's taking advantage of it. Other schools need to do the same. Like wake up to see it's not just the fact that he's got better facilities than most of y'all. It's also that now I have this recruiting footprint to go get this talent and I'm going to get the best talent. Now, how will I coach it up? Hey, I'm going to give all script credit because he made a point that I've said to my friend group and that, hey, I, I don't know how great of a coach. He like how great of a coaching job he did this past season. Like I, I felt like a certain point it was just talent. But I, I didn't see a lot of talent development. Like, I'm sure it's there. I'm sure he's he gonna have the baddest DBs in the nation. But they run a lot of straight up man to man. Like, there's it's that it's that principle of defense that carries over from who taught him defense, uh, especially in college. In, in college, Florida State ran man to man defense. Mickey Andrews' defense was the fact that I got the best MF and corners in the nation. I got and they're all fast. I have these really fast linebackers and I got these defensive linemen that are going to raise hell beat me and I don't have to put a safety over the top because they can run and they can cover and they're all 5'10", 5'9", to 6 foot something and there's some bad men out there and that literally that's Florida State's success was during the decline of the University of Florida and largely most recently the demise of the University of Miami it's but Elliot points out, and I, I, I name drop people because I like to give them their credit. I don't want you saying I plagiarize nobody. I don't plagiarize people. I give people their credit. It's very hard to have more than one power in a state at a time. What you're seeing in Texas, and honestly, the University of Texas sucks. Texas a and good, though. It's very seldom that you see two schools in the same state that are good at the same time. We've seen that Florida State, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Normally, there's a word Florida State and one of them two teams. Very seldom are Miami and Florida good at the same time. And right now, they're both decent. I mean, Florida fired their coach. Miami fires their coach. Florida State's the only guy coming back, and they were trash last year. Like, So what are we talking about? Like, You got to recruit. You got to increase that recruiting footprint, and you have to be able to utilize the mechanisms that you have at hand to maximize the opportunity to grow your brand and your product. And if the Southwestern Athletic Conference wants to grow, it should consider the pod system. You rotate teams, you keep four constant teams, and outside of those four teams, let it go. Like, I'm just saying, FAMU's pod should be FAMU, Alabama State, Bethune-Cookman, maybe A&M. That's it. That's FAMU's pod. Those four teams go at it every year. Outside of those four teams, A, you can give a cross-divisional rival for each team and go from there. It makes a lot of sense. All of a sudden, you can put Alcorn, Mississippi Valley, and um, Jackson State 
all in the same pod with one other team, maybe Arkansas Pine Bluff, and have that called the Mississippi, the Delta region. Because literally all the schools are right there in the flipping Mississippi Delta. And they were all just rotating through each other, all four. Then you have a Western division, Southern, Grambling, Texas Southern, Prairie View. There you go. That secures the State Fair Classic. It secures the Bayou Classic. Like, part of the pod system is supporting the tradition of black college rivalries. And I'm going on a tangent here, and I'm going back to recruiting. But it's a talking point. Like, we have to ensure that if we're going to go along with this BS model of classics, that we, we lean into it. And as Kofi Hemingway points out, we get our fair share of the money. Like, he, he, he often points out, fam, you ought to be getting millions of dollars from the Florida Classic. I don't disagree. I, I completely agree. Fam, you and Cookman should be walking away with no less than one mil plus. Anything less than that, when we're bringing 30s and 40s of millions in, come on, y'all. That's, come on, y'all. Like, that's like when you go to church and you put a quarter in the collection's plate. That junk's cute when I was a child. But I'm grown. Like, the collection plate hurt when it come by some Sundays. Like, it's a hundred dollars in the collection plate most Sundays when I'm getting. Like, I'm just saying. Like, and I don't give every Sunday. I give as I get paid. <laughs> but it's 10% of what I get. If we got 10%, that's why Kofi got that $3 million number. It's $3 million a piece. I said one because it's 10%. That'd be $1.5 million per school at 31 mil, something like that. Like I'm, I'm just, again, anything less than a million dollars is a, and the words of Cam Newton, that's a slap in the face. Like, I'm just saying, like, we gotta be honest with ourselves, like, because that's going to help us grow our brands, grow our products. I went on a whole tangent off and I left recruiting, but, and I'm gonna leave recruiting, um, probably, but I'm not going to leave it before I talk about, uh, two more dudes, uh, at least Joseph Stone, 511 180 Grayson High School Metropolitan Atlanta Florida the, the Florida Classic is awesome. We need to bring back the Atlanta Classic. I'm sorry. My cousin just my cousin just got accepted in the fam. She's coming. She's coming next week. She was going to the Atlanta Classic until it was done. Like y'all that, that is a market. That is a fam you market. We just got booster tags in Georgia. Atlanta is the mecca of the South still. That is the place where everybody going. I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to Atlanta. That's everybody. You, Peanut, Ray Ray, Nuck Nuck, Little Pistol Starter. The whole, everybody's going to Atlanta when they become a professional. Like, it, it is the place. We need to get Tennessee State on the schedule by hook or crook and have that game in Atlanta. And I'll be honest with you, I could do without Tennessee State. I would love to put Alabama A&M in there and have an Atlanta Classic there it's a good midway point between the two schools. Like think about it like this. Atlanta is about four and a half, five hours from Tallahassee. Atlanta is about three to four hours from normal. We're going to say Huntsville for those who don't know. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good idea. You got Grayson is blowing up. Look, look at the, if you're not familiar, follow the, Follow the moving patterns of people and you'll see the moving patterns of the best recruits. What are you saying, Keith? Okay. The best athletes came out of Florida for a very long time. 
look at how Florida blew up. The population in South Florida blows up. Population in Central Florida blows up. You see, after the Great Migration is over, and it's really historical, but after the Great Migration, when all these black people left the South, and all of a sudden, the emergence of the Sun Belt, and you start getting these cities arise, now all of a sudden, Atlanta becomes a place of regrowth, huge black population, huge in the development of business that now all of a sudden top recruits are in Atlanta. Now South Carolina has really good recruits again. Why? South Carolina has a lot of car plants. People come to work there. Like it's bigger than sports, y'all. Like we got to be able to understand like South Carolina State sitting on a gold mine. You got all these car factories there. Partner with them. Like it's it's money, y'all. We we got to we got to we got to get out of that. Anyways, next one, DeAndre Robinson from the great Jones High School. I had to say it in my best cap, Gordon voice. I don't have a great one, uh, but she is awesome. Uh, but he is, he's got offers from everywhere. He's not coming to FAMU. Um, unless, unless he does like Raymond Cuts, he ain't coming to FAMU. Um, not on the first round. I'd be very surprised if he does. He's got offers from everyone. Next one is Tamari Johnson, uh, 6'3", 165 safety, Miami Jackson High School. Miami Jackson, if you get a kid from Miami, he's fast for the most part. They, they, it's a different breed of athlete in South Florida. It's just, you, if you're not from Florida, you're not used to it. And if you're not from South Florida, you're really not used to that speed. It's, it's aggressive speed and they're good players. Like Dillard's got to, got to stick down there too, down in Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, next one is Caden Proctor, six, seven, three thirty offensive tackle. I think he's the number 41 prospect in the nation. We're not gonna get that kid. Um, but, <laughs> and I hate to be that blunt about it y'all, but I, some of these students are great kids, and I appreciate y'all coming to FAMU, but let's keep it a buck, y'all. Four or five-star prospect is not very likely to come to a FAMU. Yes, the Jackson State thing happened. Jackson State Stadium is also the largest stadium in the state, second largest in the state of Mississippi, 60-plus thousand, and they sell it out. There are no professional sports in, in the state of Mississippi that go past minor league baseball. There is no NBA. There is no NFL on Sunday. There is no hockey. There's nothing other than college football and arena football, minor league baseball. They they have an advantage that a lot of us aren't talking about. Like, there's nothing else to do. Period. The beaches are several hours away. I'm in, in Florida. I can throw a rock and hit a beach. Like, Tallahassee is inland Florida. And in 45 minutes, you're at the beach. From the doorsteps of Florida and University, you can be to the beach in 20 minutes. It ain't the best beach, but you're at. But Thune Cookman is literally right there on the beach. FAU is on the Atlantic Ocean. Like, there's so much to do here in Florida that there's not to do there. It, it's a different vibe. It's a different atmosphere, and that's something we we have to sell recruits. Um, but it's hard. It's gonna be hard to sell a stadium packed with 65,000 people. And then you come to brag and it's 23 because the stadium capacity has gone down with the renovations. Um, just saying, uh, Caden Jones, six, seven, three Oh five offensive tackle. De La Salle high school, new Orleans, not the one out of California. So we're going to see that's a big boy. 2023 to Kofa Lewis, another offensive lineman, Pearl, Mississippi, six, three, two seventy, 2024. And Joshua Robinson, Five seven one fifty Calvary Christian. So we're seeing, and he's from Clearwater, Florida. 
again, FAMU is continuing. And I don't know if anybody else is peeping game, but I'm peeping it. I see what you're doing. Wherever the SWAC schools are, we're recruiting you. Where the, where the junior colleges are that are going to produce college-ready talent, we're recruiting you. So you're starting to see, as I talked about, the game of recruiting has been on and FAMU is actively engaged. All right, y'all, this is a great time to stop. I've been talking way too long. I'm going to give y'all a break. We're going to pause, and then we're going to talk about golf, and we're going to talk about track and volleyball as well. This is Fangs Up. All right, y'all, we back. Welcome back. Short segment here because I, I went long on the last one. My bad. I nerded out a little bit. Sorry, y'all. I'm a bit of a nerd. I love sports, uh, and it's not hard for me to nerd out, um, especially when it comes to, like, next-level thinking. Uh, but FAMU, as far as next-level thinking, FAMU Volleyball is continuing its tradition. We won the swack. Like, I'm sorry. Did anybody not hear that? FAMU won the Southwestern Athletic Conference in volleyball last year. So if anybody comes to you talking that yik yak saying fam you ain't won no championships, nay nay, year one, we won the SWAC tournament and SWAC championship, excuse me, in volleyball. And that SWAC championship volleyball team gets a commitment from Milana Thornton. She's a six one middle. Don't ask me what a middle is. I don't really know. I kind of know. I'm gonna let on that I know less than I do. But she's from Metropolitan Georgia near the Kennesaw area. And uh, with her being a middle, from what I know from volleyball, middle, you play in the middle. It's kind of self-explanatory. But you also have people that are uh, setters and you have people in the back that do other moves and stuff like that. But normally a person in the middle is kind of a jack of all trades. They can go, they can attack the net or they can go back and they can help set fairly athletic athlete most times are those who play the middle position now famu track and i'm gonna call this place famu east it's famu east y'all can call it little famu whatever you want to call it it's famu east right now reigns high school reigns high school the place that has produced players like bishop bonnet yay man and the church said yay man let us all rise for the benediction for the bishop is left but bishop bonnet has gone on to a very fruitful and productive career in construction thus far from what we're able to see on his social media posts and uh, we get two more of his viking brethren one is rashawn latimer and the other is rashad rashad hall and we were able to see them both on the uh jacksonville alumni association page and excuse me i'm sorry but i had to think about where i saw that excuse uh but we saw it there and if you were listening before why haven't you been listening? But I mentioned these guys had committed to FAMU, but now they're signed. They're coming to the Hill. They're officially going to be Rattlers, and they're going to be on the track team, both of them. And they had pictures where they took together. And congratulations to you two gentlemen. But we're continuing to see that FAMU's other non-football sports are growing. We also have a basketball uh, commitment that I looked and saw coming in. And we're seeing some growth. I'm excited. I believe he's a junior college player. And that, that's something that I said, I stated before that FAMU basketball is going to need. FAMU basketball is not in a position to get a bunch of freshmen and develop them. And it, it's not because the program can't do it. It's because the way basketball is set up. Basketball is set up so that players can easily transfer. We've seen where Johnny Brown, Keith Littles, 
about three of our guys who started last year are looking to transfer and they're in the portal. Some of them, most of them haven't been picked up. Uh, I hope they get picked up or they just come back. But we're seeing that basketball's always kind of had that transient nature where a guy's here for a year, he's gone the next. I don't know why that's above my knowledge base. And I'm willing to admit when I don't know, but we've seen that. And that's why I say it's very hard for the basketball program to grow in that nature. Whereas baseball, baseball should grow like that. Baseball should grow where you get freshmen and they commit, or you get junior college players and they commit because in baseball, the rules are different in baseball. If once you have entered a college program, you have to stay a certain amount of time. Like you, you can either get drafted straight out of high school or you have to stay in college until you've been there for, I believe, three years. So what would technically be your junior year? That's beneficial. Also, for those that come out of community colleges, it's beneficial because they then get to raise the floor of your program and say, hey, this is our baseline. And they pretty much have to stay there. I mean, they can leave early, but. Unless they just blow it up, they're not very likely to leave. So that is just the way the systems are different as far as from one sport to another. Why I state that basketball is not going to be a sport where we're going to get a lot of MJs. Like you probably think MJ is my favorite player. You'd be right. MJ is my favorite player from the current FAMU timeline. Like from this past season, it's probably MJ. Johnny Brown, Keith Littles, probably my favorite three that we had this past season. MJ stayed at FAMU for four years. He developed. You're not going to get a lot of that at any college basketball program, not just FAMU. It's not a slight on FAMU. Everything's not a personal attack on us. Sometimes it's the fact of the matter is that the likelihood that a student athlete is going to stay for four years at one program especially considering and let's not blame NIL, but the transfer rules is closer to slim and none. So you got to understand we got to get these junior college guys in or transfer from other colleges. It would be great to get a guy, uh, some guys that transfer from larger D one schools. Maybe some of those guys that are in the Pacific coast conference playing against the Gonzagas of the world. Cause you're not going to win the conference. Like just, just be honest. You're not going to win that conference. Gonzaga is coming in there running rough shot through Pacific. They're running rough shot through Pepperdine. All those schools over there that don't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning the conference say, hey, you know what? You can stay over there and get beat and not have a chance to win the conference. Or you know what? You can come to FAMU. And you can potentially win the conference because we literally had one dude carry our team. I, like, just honest. FAMU had... One dude carried the team for most of the season, and really three to four, if you like, if you look at the nucleus. Now we got to build back our track program. We we, we got to build back better. Uh, 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 I'm I'm looking for some hope and change. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, uh, and sorry, it's my Barack Obama voice because uh, the ways we've been losing in track were huge. No one. And it was even worse in basketball. No one had ever lost the way we had lost. It was terrible. Nobody had ever done it like that. 
Oh my gosh, sorry, Trump. Uh, but we, we gotta we gotta get some fresh blood into these programs to get some wins. And um, excuse the jokes, but I'm here for it. Like I'm here for it. Uh, so that being said, y'all, we're gonna take a pause for the cause. Excuse the jokes in the uh, in the me making fun of people, but I make fun of people all the time. They just don't always hear me doing it. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna finish the show going inside the den. Who do you need to know about when you sitting in the stands talking to your homeboy? Like, hey, 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 watch that boy over there. Who man, he ain't gonna play. Okay. Who's that guy that you say gonna tell your boys, okay? And they're gonna be sitting over there like, man, you was right, bro. I'll tell you in a few minutes. It's y'all. It's always fangs up. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Thank y'all for listening. I appreciate your time and your patience on today. Uh, we're gonna finish inside the den. Who are the players that you need to look out for? All right, I'm gonna start it off. I got two quarterbacks and two running backs. I told y'all it was gonna be three last week, but Oops, I lied. Don't sue me, though. I ain't got no money. I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm struggling like the rest of y'all. I'm just trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Hey, like, just saying. <laughs> um, Andre 3000, check ele- elevators. That whole line, that's me. Um, it's, if they don't move, then I don't eat. Then we like neck to neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah all that. Anyways, um, so Musa, he is number eight on the FAMU roster. He's a Vanderbilt transfer. He's got no stats. At all. Like, nothing. So why are you telling us to look at him? Because he is sneaky good. Like, pure passer. He looks different. Like, I'm just saying, I'm glad he didn't go to Cookman. He would be starting right now. He'd be starting, in my personal opinion, 80% of other HBCUs, he's the starting quarterback. Just being I'm being that honest with you and that, that's not a slight on McKay I've said it once I said it last week I'll say it again this week actually I said it this week and I'm saying it again this week because technically Sunday was this week Rashawn McKay is a leader of the locker room full stop Musa may be a better quarterback as far as throwing motion and all that other stuff that you want to look at so just full stop it is there it is what it is like we, we it's just like when you play sports, like McKay has a better grasp of the offense. He's been there. He's done that. He He's more experienced within the offense. Yeah, like he, he's got that knowledge base. But Musa is a dude. FAMU's got a quarterback controversy. You get mad at me for saying it, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm, I'm always trying to keep it a buck with you. FAMU's got a quarterback controversy brewing. And... Don't be surprised if something happens and we get some some change happening. Now, the next guy is, he's my guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little biased. OCPS product from Wakaiva High School. Junior Muratovic. He's number seven. 6'2", 205. He's legit 6'2". I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, I'm five foot eight, And I saw Junior at the gym last week. And I was like, okay. You're legit six feet. Cause I saw him at a football game and I ain't gonna lie to you. A football field, I don't see nobody. Like I I I'm I got a Napoleonic complex. Like mm, okay, you're six feet, whatever. Like I don't I don't believe nobody is six feet because I'm sh- I'm not very I'm not I'm not a six footer myself. So I don't believe it. But we get on like cleats off, I start believing it. Cleats off, Junior's above six feet. He may be six two with the ponytail, but he is six feet. He, he he's six feet. You're legit six feet. 62205 junior played in 3 games last year he was 20 for 35 completion percentage was 57.14 
and he had 175 yards for the season. That's not impressive as far as yard-wise, but he only plays three games, and one of the games is the Jackson State game. Like You got to remember, Junior gets in because McKay gets pulled, and will like Simmons is losing his stuff. Like, go watch the documentary. Willie Simmons is losing his ish on the sidelines, watching Rashawn McKay not succeed. He's like, man, like, why are you throwing here? Like, he's literally visibly frustrated. If you're watching, just go buy, go back and watch. If you got ESPN Plus, go watch it. If your mama got it, go buy her something nice. Sit up there and put the Rattlers on, especially if she's like my mom and the fam. You went, hey, ma, here's some food. I brought you lunch. Let's watch the thing from last year. Oh, okay. I get to watch the Rattlers and you came to see me. Yeah, I came to see the Rattlers, but I came to see you too. Um, anyways, don't be like that. Be better. Uh, I'm better. Junior is probably going to redshirt if you ask me, if he has not already done so. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. I got no... Uh, I got no information. I got no inside. I had not asked the kid. I ain't talked to the kid. I don't have any type of, you know, magical voodoo tricks to sit up there and tell you that the kids. Are, no, no, no. He has not told me anything. But I'm saying this as a person that is looking from this from both sides that, hey, man, being a family ain't a bad deal. I'm not far from home. I'm close to my mom and I could redshirt this year and I don't have to worry about this quarterback battle garbage. Like I don't have to worry about it. It's not my problem. And I get a better grasp of the offense. I'm going to come in next year as the incumbent. Like junior is expected from me to be the starter next year. Quarterback period. Like look out for number seven. If the kid gets a full understanding of what he's supposed to do in the offense and where the ball is supposed to go, yeah, yeah, he's got a, he's got a chance. He's he's got a lively arm. He's tall enough to to be aggravating as far as like as a football team. Like he's six two. He's not six five. He's not six six. He's six two. He's legit six two. He meaning he can see over many of the offensive linemen. He can throw the ball where it needs to go. Like, don't be surprised if this kid takes a redshirt year, but make this year a year where he focuses on academics and he focuses on film study so that he has a full grasp of the offense. So next year, he comes in as the man. Like, it should be no question, I personally. Because also, consider how many quarterbacks are in the FAMU quarterback room. I only talked about two. FAMU has like six quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. Like you look at a spring game and the drop off from three to like five is 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 noticeable. But still, Amy's got like five quarterbacks back there. And a couple of them are seniors. Like, whoa. Let's let's Fam, you fam, you could share a quarterback with somebody else and we'd be all right. I don't want to share though. Uh next dude you need to look out for is Leland Willoit. And I remember distinctively sitting on the standing. I said sitting. Uh but standing on the sideline at the orange and green game and talking to one of my counterparts and like, yo, who's that dude? And he had a program with him, which I'm jealous of. I I didn't get a program. And he goes, that's uh, what Lloyd. Oh yeah, man. That dude is, that dude is like that. And I'm like, okay. All right. Like, because this, I really, this is my first time meeting the guy. 
Yeah, he's got a good office talent. Willoit is twitchy. Like if, if you're not familiar with what twitchy means, he's quick. Like he gets in open space and he reminds you of to me, he plays that kind of Percy Harvin type role in an offense where I can I can put you at the slot or I can put you at running back. I can move you across the field and I can take advantage of teams. Like I personally feel like Willoit would be great because he's listed as a running back, but in to shift coverage, like let Rashawn McKay or Junior, I don't care, or uh, Meriton. Oh Lord, what's the guy's name? Musa, sorry, or Musa, sorry, Musa and Meritovich both start with the M. So, uh, but let any one of them start and move some of the running backs into receiver positions, especially against a team like a Jackson state where if you can get some of the linebackers in coverage, I think that's going to be a weakness as far as just because it's a linebacker in coverage, very seldom are linebackers good in coverage. He, unless they are somewhat like Isaiah land size, like Isaiah land is not huge. He's like two Oh five, two fifteen, stuff like that. Like he's not the 230, 240 pound linebacker from yesteryear. Linebackers have gotten smaller. So, but still, you're putting him against a 5'11 dude, maybe 5'10, and that's twitchy and quick, and you put him on an option route. Like, all of a sudden, especially in some form of man coverage, which you know Jackson State likes to run a lot of man coverage, Dion comes from that old FSU system where Mickey Andrews ran man coverage. And if you look, Dion's putting them boys in press man coverage, and either you're going to beat my corners or you're not. But if you beat them, you beat them. I'll live with it. I have the talent to live with. Move that running back out into the, like, don't even throw it to him out of the flat. Put the running back out there and as a receiver. And all of a sudden, you've shifted coverage. The running back knows what he's going to do. The receivers know what they're going to do. Now you've complicated the defensive look. Like, now the defense is like, okay, because if you blitz the wrong guy, now that dude's a hot route. Now, all of a sudden, that's another guy with receiver speed that's out there. That's a concern. And that's something else the defensive coordinator has to think about. So I, I'm just going to say like that, that, that kind of talent is eerie. And Willoit was playing receiver in the spring game. I don't know if that was out of necessity or if that was out of play design, but I'm not, I'm not breaking news. Like it was, it was on Facebook. Like it's anybody who wants to go back and watch the FAMU spring game. It's there. Like the guy is a multi-position athlete. So I'm just, I'm just saying like, look for him. Right? Because I could also see him as a kick returner. I don't know about a punt returner just because I didn't see him returning punts. And we had a really good punt returner. Um, one of the best re- returners in the nation when you go back and look at it uh, statistically. So, I, but man, you throw him back there, at kick return. All right. I'm here for it. I, I could be some fun. Uh, and with his stats, he averaged 10 yards per carry. That's the big thing. Like, I'm I'm big on stats and numbers. That 10 yard per carry number sticks out to me. I'm going to want you to look out for that. Next guy is going to be Jalen McLeod, number 25. And uh, Willoyd is number three. McLeod is number 25. He's a classical bruising back. 6'2", 230, transfers in the fam. He got about 4.5 yards per carry last year. On the goal line, 
I don't want to see no more bleepity bleep shotgun. Like I don't, I if I don't never see us run the shotgun again, especially after that lucky junk we got at the Southern game, I'd be fine with it. I don't want us running. I don't want to see us running the shotgun on the goal line. Give me, give me some big backs. Give me some offensive linemen that check in as tight ends. Give me the old lineman at the fullback. Look, you can give me eight offensive linemen, a quarterback, and a running back, and and maybe a, a receiver split out to make them go out there, and I'm good because let them not honor the receiver. Oh, check the route, check the check the play, throw the ball to the receiver who's just standing there whistling Dixie. But otherwise, give me like eight. Not eight offensive linemen that are all pushing in the same direction that are all 280, 290, 300 pounds above. And I feel like somebody's going to get moved because guess what? They may be able to check in a offensive lineman to go in there. But if you already have your guys set up, they get the defense does get a chance to do a substitution, but it's they're They're, they're not going to immediately probably notice the position the uh, position switches that quick. They they may have to, oh, check, check, bring in. You, you're not going to run no 290-pound dude on the field real quick. That's another penalty. So I'm just saying, like, please get me out this shotgun stuff so that we can get dudes like Jalen McLeod the ball close to the line so they can use their size and their skill to just cross the line and just man-on-man football. That, that old-school board drill crap we used to do when I was a kid, that's all this is. Two dudes in front of each other. Who's going to go farther back? And they're going to have their five. You get a fullback. Look, I'm just saying, like, it's going to, somebody's going to, it's going to be a, a lot of booming and powering and crashing. But I feel like that's, that's an opportunity for this guy to score some more touchdowns and to get some more opportunities. McLeod has three touchdowns last year. Like, so, I mean, and he only played seven games. He didn't play all. And by the end of the season, he's, he's, gotten on a little roll to watch so uh gonna be some fun times to be had y'all all right that's gonna be the end of our show y'all we're gonna work on getting us some guests uh coming up pretty soon and continue to talk about hbcu sports and hbcu athletics but especially talking about florida and university as always y'all it's fangs up